0: Be a
1: this is BSing with Sean K. I'm your host, Sean Neese. The K is silent, K-N-E-E-S-E, and bullshitting with Sean Neese, in case you didn't get the abbreviation. And on this show, I talk with people pursuing their creative and intellectual passions. And today, my guest is Gabriel Morse. And uh, you're an actor from Brazil. You came here to pursue acting from Brazil, and you're, you're working as an au pair. And you've also written a lot of articles about your travels. Yeah. And why why don't you just like elaborate on that and like tell us more about yourself and what you do. Um,
0: thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited. Um, so yeah, so I'm Gabriel. Um, I go by Gabriel Morse. I created this last name Morse because, you know, six years ago, I came to the United States for the first time. And then I wanted to have, you know, a different last name, you know, people couldn't pronounce my Brazilian last name here. So I was like, you know, what's um, a beautiful last name here that I could use. And then I had a, one of my best friends, her name is Chloe Morris. And then she's like, why don't you use my last name? And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to use your last name. So yeah, my, um, I, I now go by Gabriel Morris. Um, and then, um, so in Brazil, I used to work as an actor and as a musical theater actor and I am an opera singer. So, um, I came to the United States two years ago as an au pair to, you know, try to improve my English and, you know, get some um, time to travel here and also to take some singing, dancing and acting classes, um, which was very uh, much possible last year because of the lockdown. I was able to take a lot of very cheap classes during you know the lockdown. But um, so, yeah, so this is me. And I also write for uh, my blog. I started a blog about six months ago and I write about the travel experiences that changed my life. So, I like to share inspiring stories that can touch hearts and move people to make that travel dreams come true because I am from um, a favela, which is uh, a poor settlement in Brazil where you know where the, most of the poor people will live and you know i'm I'm a son of black parents and um my family's poor, so um I like to use my articles as a tool to inspire the you know the the people that don't you know they, they don't have much to to make their dreams come true so you know, I like to say that if I was able to make it, everybody back there are, all, you know, they're also able to make it. So that's what I tried to put on my articles. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I read one of your articles you wrote about your parents and like how when you first left and the, the, they were sad that you were gone two years. They didn't expect you to be gone two years. So so what can you just say about what life was like growing up in the favela and how this your dream of traveling and your your interest in acting developed?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, yeah. It was very, it was very hard at first, because, you know, as I said, my family, you know, my, my dad, he, he only went into, like, I don't know, fourth grade, my mom, my mom was able to graduate high school, but you know, that's all that she did, you know, so my parents, they didn't go to college. So it was very hard growing up, because, you know, there were moments that when I was a kid, you know, I didn't have food on my table. And, you know, I didn't have, you know, any resources for me to, you know, like I didn't have a computer, internet, Wi-Fi, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a cell phone when I was a kid. So, you know, it was very hard for me, but I feel like that I was very privileged to live in the city because I live in the city uh, back in Brazil. You know, the city that that I'm from, there are about 4 million people and they had a choir there and a very famous choir sponsored by the car company Fiat. So they um, they opened the auditions, and then I told my mom I was like, I want to audition for this choir. I want to be, you know, a singer. And I used to sing at church, so you know, I also grew up at church. Um, so I was like, you know, I want to I want to audition for it. And then um, that was the first moment that my mom was like, okay, if you want to give it a try, you should just go for it. And I, and I was like, okay, great. So um, I auditioned for it, and then I passed, and I was the first guy in the choir. There were only girls because you know, like Brazilians, they don't really understand much about opera, you know they there's still that prejudice you know that you know it's a girl thing to do, you know the guy shouldn't sing opera that's a very yeah. gay thing to do so it's a very like
1: macho it's a very like macho culture say yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: very much very much okay so um so yeah, so I was the first one, and you know from that very first moment on, I was clear about my intentions i I told everybody in the program that I wanted to be famous I was like I want to be an actor, I want to be a musical theater actor. I want to be an opera singer. I want to be able to, you know, to do everything. So the choir allowed me to, to be like the, how can I, like the spotlights were on me all the time because I wasn't shy, you know, everybody else was shy, but I wasn't shy. So I took advantage of that, you know, that I took advantage of the fact that, you know, they would have the spotlights on me because, you know, for for example, every time we went on TV, like I went on TV several times, I performed with you know, great singers, for example, like Andrea Bocelli, I got the chance to perform with him and I went I went on tour with him. I recorded a DVD with him. I recorded two DVDs, one CD, you know, and then I went on tour all over Brazil and, you know, and, you know, I was invited to perform internationally also. So, you know, it was a great opportunity. So I spent pretty much most of my childhood singing and acting and going on tours and being on TV you know, and in doing all of this, you know, singing and acting stuff and because of music and because of opera, you know, I was introduced to languages. So that was the moment that I got very interested in learning languages. So I would take some pronunciation classes, you know, so that I would work on my pronunciation and sing, you know, better. So I would pronounce the words better when I was a kid because I couldn't speak English. So that was the first moment, you know, I was like in third grade. And then I was like, okay, I really need to learn English. And, you know, that's, you know, the part that I decided to put on my article. So I said that, you know, I, I, I want to learn English and, you know, which is a very uncommon thing for, you know, the guys from favelas, you know, because the number one dream, you know, was say the most brazilian guys would have is to become soccer players because you know soccer is a religion you know in brazil so right. <laughs> everybody's obsessed with soccer you know like we have you know we're the we're the first and the, i think the, the only country that has won like six times you know in the world in the world yeah. cup or whatever i don't understand much about soccer but i know that yeah. brazilians are obsessed i guess with it's it. a way
1: to get out of where they are too right just see so you, you join the yep. soccer team and exactly
0: exactly so um
1: the mute the the
0: big um, the music that is very present in Brazil, especially in the favelas, are, is the funk, like the Brazilian funk. So, um, it's either, you know, guys would sing funk or they would become soccer players, you know, because as you said, it's a way to, you know, get out of the, of the place where they come from and, you know, make money and, you know, become somebody, you know, because if they tried the conventional way to go to college and, you know, become a doctor or a lawyer or something, that's very impossible for us because we don't even have the right. To basic education there you know it's very hard for for even them to go to school you know there were moments where I spent like four five months without going to school because there were shootings all the time and there were murders, you know in like inside of the school and you know it, it was very it was very hard growing up there so it was so what I'm trying to say is this was me you know a uh, you know a small guy from a favela, and I was introduced to music, and I believe that music was a tool to You know, it was it was something that transformed my life. And because of music, I got to know languages. So I took French and I took Italian and English and, you know, and German and all of these different types of languages, language classes. And um, so I was I was like, oh, my God, I want to become a polyglot. I want to learn, you know, Spanish. I want to speak English and I want to travel abroad. And, you know, and because of all the traveling that the choir allowed me to do, um, you know, every time we went on tours, it was very it was very life-changing for me, you know, because I was like, okay, this is a great opportunity for me to, you know, make my dream come true, and then I officially started learning English, like, see, I took my studies seriously when I was 14 years old, so I was like, you know, that's the perfect opportunity um, for me to learn, and then I started learning, and, you know, I, and then at that, at that point, my life was a little bit better, you know, you know, compared to, like, when I was eight, when I was, you know, nine and ten, but, um, Yeah. So pretty much it. So that, that was um, growing up there and my parents, they were very supportive, but they were very, they were like, this kid is crazy, you know, because as I said, it's very uncommon for us. You know, it's very, it's not common for a favela, a guy from a favela to love opera and to love musical theater. Like what is musical theater? Like nobody knows, you know, nobody In Brazil, like even the rich people won't even go to the theater because it's a fancy, like a super fancy thing to do. You know, Um, I feel like that here in America, people are more musically educated, uh, if I should say, like in schools, people will talk about music and you will take music classes in school. Or I know it also depends from school to school and from neighborhood to neighborhood, of course. But um, I don't know. I feel like that people in America, they understand more about music. so, for example, if your kid is interested in learning a musical instrument, you're going to be more open about it. But when I told my mom that I learned to play, that I wanted to learn how to play the piano, she was like, like, but for what? Like, why do you need that? You know, like you need to learn a useful skill in order to get a job, you know, and make money and help us bring food to the table. You know, that's the mindset that, you know, the people from the favela have. You know, we we don't have the privilege that a lot of the white kids in America will have to, you know, Just focus on school and let's, you know, get involved in all of this extracurricular activities and you can just become a star at 16, you know what I mean, because you have your parents supporting you, you know, I was a kid and I had to help my mom bring money to the house, you know, and, you know, put put it on the table and that was very hard because um, at one point I wanted to pursue a career as a singer as an actor, and another point I had to Get a real job, you know, so that I could make real money and bring, you know, money to my households and and then help my parents, Um, which is why I when I was like in high school, I focused on translating and interpreting, you know, and, you know, when I was 18 years old, I I went to translation and interpretation school and I was like, I'm going to go to acting school later But first, I'm going to become a translator and interpreter because in Brazil, only 5% of the population speaks English. So if you speak English and Portuguese in Brazil, you can make a lot of money, you know, as a translator, as an interpreter, you know, um, as an ESL teacher. So I was like, you know, I'm going to become an an ESL teacher and I'm I'm also going to become a translator and also an interpreter and I'm going to make money. And then I'm going to save enough to go to school later because right now I can't afford that dream. You know, I can't really do that because, you know, it was really you know, it was impossible, you know, so, um, and also, like it is in here, it's, I think it's uh, 100% worse in Brazil when it comes to, like, being an actor is very hard, you know, like, trying to find a job as an actor, it is really, really hard, you know, people, they will also always go by the, the, the looks, they will always go by the, you know, the, like, who do you know, you know, like, who do you know, who, who, who can, you know, say something about you, like, how did you get here, you know, it's like, you know, the out of a hundred people that are in the cast, ninety eight were people that they already know, and two were the people that they they auditioned. You know what I mean? Like it's it is very hard. It is very how can I? I don't know how to put that into yeah. it. It's just. But do hard. you
1: feel it gave you more of an incentive though? Like because because uh, you, you know you, you you had it. It was harder for you to get there, and like you had to work harder to to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It did. It did so much. You know. It made me. It made me want to work harder. And it made me want to, you know, to to just, you know, do my very best, you know. So um, so it was very great, you know, the first years. And then I, and then I came to America and then I travel a little bit of the world. And that was very um, controversial, controversial for my parents as well, because they were like, you know, if you are able to make money, don't waste it on traveling, you know, um, invest in education and, you know, and get an education. I'm like, I already got an education. I'm ready. I already became a translator and an interpreter. Um, which in Brazil, it's only an international certification. You don't actually have to go to college for it. So, um, so yeah. So you don't have to. There's no bachelor's degree in translation interpretation in South America. You can only get like an international certification. You know. So I got certified by the American Translated Association, by the Brazilian um, Translated Association, and you know, and I, I was able to find jobs and apply for jobs and make money. So um, I spent a lot of my um, like young, uh, my youth year, years working and traveling and investing in ESL teaching and translation and interpretation that made me forget about my real reason, the real reason why I got all of that job, those jobs, you know, to why I got all of those jobs. You know, I got all of them so that I could make money and invest in my education as an actor and as a singer which is why I decided to become an au pair in 2019. I was like, this is the perfect opportunity because New York is the place where everything happens, everything that I want to be part of happens, you know? So um, if I want to pursue a career in the, you know, musical theater industry, I have to go to New York. You know, there's no way that, you know, Sao Paulo in Brazil, Argentina, Buenos Aires, it's also a big reference. But I was like, I want to do, I want to be part of a musical in English, you know? like, of I want to speak English, you know? I didn't want to speak Spanish or Portuguese I was like I, I don't want to do that I want to be able to be part of a I don't know like the the tampon of the opera or the Evan Hansen or I don't know something like that you know I was you know it's those are those were all dreams so that's why I came here because I was like you know I can I could take all of these acting classes and I could you know take all these singing lessons and you know and dance lessons and every like whatever I learned here if I go back to Brazil with it it would be a big, you know, different feature about me, you know, that people would be like, he learned all of these skills in America, you know, which is the number one reference country, you know, uh, for actors and singers. So, um, I would, I would totally make it better if I went back to Brazil with all of the experience that I got here. So, I'm really happy that, you know, I took acting classes during my first year um, from um, a teacher. She, um, she is, she played. Okay, I'm terrible with names, but she played a very important role in Harry Potter, the musical, um, like on Broadway. So she helped me meet all the cast. So I met all the cast and then I took classes with them, you know. It was amazing. It was a really great, you know, opportunity. Um, Like she gave me so many tips, you know. She gave me so many tips on so many different, you know, things as an actor, how to find jobs or whatever, um, I was very insecure about my accent. I was like, oh, my God, they're never going to, you know, they're never going to take me because I have an accent. I, I'm a Latino, you know, and, you know, here in America, it's all about how you sound and how you look. And, you know, I was super, super um, um, worried about that. That's why I took a lot of um, accent reduction classes and, you know, for actors and which, you know, they, they were great. But, you know, I until the point that I met an opera singer who told me, that one of the most successful opera singers in America is she's a Latino, you know, and everybody loves her because of her accent, that she is, you know, exotic and she is, you know, um, you know, unique and, you know, that I shouldn't worry about that. So right now I'm in a position where I i am very, like, I'm very confident about it, but I'm also a little bit, you know, like concerned. I'm like, oh my God, is are they going to be, are they going <laughs> to be like, no, you don't speak English. You have to go back to your country. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, well, musical theater—that's been hit hard with uh, COVID and everything too. I guess that was around the time you got here, right? Two thousand nineteen. So
0: yeah, yeah, it was very, it was very sad, you know, because I I saw a Broadway show every month, so I was like, you know, I want to learn as much as possible. I want to be able to meet the cast and everything. And then twenty twenty hit, and then coronavirus was here in twenty twenty. It was very, it was very sad, you know, because I couldn't attend the the shows that I wanted to attend. Because I like to go because I love musical theater, but I also like to go and I like every time I went, it was an opportunity to learn, you know, because I would observe how people would, you know, act and how they would, you know, you know, be on stage and stuff like that. And, you know, and every time that I went, I was like, I could do that, you know, like I, I have all it takes to do that, you know, like I, it's something that I, of course, I have to work very hard to achieve, but you know what? So that it was, you know, it was very sad for me because it was the moment that I felt like that my my time and my opportunity to learn how to become a musical theater actor um, had been, you know, postponed, you know, because of coronavirus. But it was great. As I said, it was great because I took, not great, but, you know, like it was a great opportunity also to take classes. You know, I, I was very lucky to be my host mom. You know, she's amazing. She gave me. Um, on my birthday, some um, opera classes. Like she, you know, she she gave me as a gift, you know, some opera classes, and then I, and then I applied for those classes, and it was great because she, the, my 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 opera teacher, she she guided me so well, you know, in a way that I had never been guided before, you know, when, especially when it comes to how to find my voice and my place here in the United States as an opera singer. So I'm very divided right now. I don't know, I don't know if I want to be a musical theater actor. Or if I want to pursue a career in opera, you know, which is a, which are the two skills that I have, you know, yeah. I, I can. So that, end, but that appeals to yeah. you more
1: than like traditional. That appears to be more than like traditional acting. So, so like mu- you want to stay in the musical realm, now, I guess. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I don't want to go to like, like a lot of people. They want to like become famous um, actors and actresses in Hollywood or whatever. I don't want TV. I don't want to go for TV my place is up on stage you know like I was born to be up on stage and to not be so none I don't care you know how many followers I'm gonna have on Instagram I don't care how fancy you know I just want to be up on stage working as a brother actor you know and you just you know live by that which is you know like a very big dream that I have so I really want to focus on that right now and you know I want to after I'm done with the program I want to find a way to you know that's why I've been trying to find a way to go to school here because if I feel like that if I go to school here I will be able to create my portfolio you know as a as a singer and it's going to be like an updated one because all of the material that I have as an actor and as a singer is from the moment that I was a kid you know so I sang in the choir from from the uh, since I was eight years old until I was 16 years old after this, my my last performance I was 16 years old and I performed to 120,000 people. So that was it, you know? So that was the moment that I was like, okay, so I had to pause my dream, get a real job so that I could make real money, you know, because, you know, as we're in the music in Brazil, it's impossible to just, you know, go to classes and not work, you know, especially coming from where I come from. So I paused my dream. I came to America to, you know, take some classes um, and take some, you know, take some classes as a singer, singing classes and acting classes and now I feel like that this is the moment for me to go back to school but um I also like it's funny because I went to acting school before I became an au pair and that was like college then I went yeah. to acting school which is I I loved it but I didn't I, I mean I liked it but I didn't love it because I feel like that I made a really bad mistake which was to go to just like acting school you know I had to go to musical theater school if that makes any sense you know like I didn't have to I made a I made a huge mistake you know the school was really great for just plays you know I could not just do plays I wanted to do musicals you know I wanted to do opera which was not the focus of the school so it's funny because I learned from that mistake you know right now every time I look into um, into classes I make sure that they teach what I want to learn, you know, which is, you know, some, because what the reason why I'm saying this is because sometimes we're very much influenced by the name, you know, and how influential that school is and how famous, you know, the teachers yeah. are, whatever. So I was like, you know, I'm going to be part of that school. So I went to, you know, Puki. the name of the school is called Puki. It is the largest and the number one reference in uh, private education in Brazil, you know, so I was like, okay, great. And all my teachers, they are, In all of the, in all of these Netflix movies, you know, and I took classes from all these teachers that were in this Netflix and this telenovelas and all of these commercials, you know, in Brazil and internationally. I want to be their student, you know, I want to learn from them. And I did learn a lot from them. But as I said, the focus wasn't musical theater. So I feel like that I, I I wouldn't say that I wasted my time, but I would, but I would say that I, that I didn't invest in what I needed to invest. So, yeah, so right now I'm I'm, I'm looking into um, musical theater and opera.
1: Yeah, and so so being an au pair, has that been, like, a good job for you as far as, like, being an artist is, like, with flexibility and stuff like that? And I met you because you, you were friends with uh, another au pair who's my housemate, Mary and uh-huh. she's from uh, Columbia. And then, yeah, so uh, I guess it, well, all the au pairs kind of all know each other, I guess. I don't know if there's, like, an au pair club or something like that
0: <laughs> oh yeah we yeah. all know each other
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> so
0: yeah it's been great it's been a great experience you know it is very limiting and it's very at the same time i have a lot of benefits as an au pair i feel like that i also have lots of limits you know and because it is an international exchange program um you know in like one of the some of the, be- the of the biggest benefits are you don't get to pay for for rent and you don't get to pay for for food, you know, which is great, you know, because in America rent is so expensive. So I feel like that I'm very privileged to live in a very prestigious neighborhood. But um, on the other hand, I feel like that I, you know, when I meet nannies here and I see that they would make a thousand or a to uh, like you know, like twelve hundred dollars a week, you know, and I'm like, I want to make that money too, you know, yeah. like I. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very it is very limited because education here is very expensive so i have to limit myself in number of classes that i'm allowed to take every year because i don't make enough money you know but it's nobody's fault but the government who created these stupid rules you know so um you know so it's very it is a great experience i got to meet a lot of people and i got to travel a lot which is the focus of the program, you know? The focus of the program is come to America, learn English, live with an American family, um, travel, take some classes and go back to your country. That's the focus of the program. But for me, I wanted to do more and I wanted to, you know, to like, go to like, get a real education, you know? Not just, you know, credits here and there, you know what I mean? So, um, but like, I think I did my, I think my very, be- I did my very best, you know? I. I think I, 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 I did the best out of, I, I took the best out of this experience, you know, which is something that I'm really proud of. You know, I, I, as I said, like I got in contact with so many actors and actresses and I was like, I want you to, you know, to teach me one on one, you know, I want you to teach me one on one. I want to talk to you. I want to learn from you. I want to hear about your experience. And, um, and I consider that a very valid education, you know, as well as going to school, like really going to school here, you know. Because I was like, I'm was, i I'm talking to someone who is currently working as an actor, you know, who's currently working and who's currently doing what I want to do, you know, which is something that I love to do so much. You know, I love to talk to people who are in positions like they, they are in places that I want to be one day, you know. So yeah. I love, you know, I love to learn from them. And I'm like, you know, maybe if I'm school, I'll be, you know, wasted.
1: Yeah. But it, it, you know, yeah. Yeah, and even though I'm doing more like uh, voice acting, one that I, I think you saw, I did the reenactment series recently where I played the the ringleader of a group of robbers, too. Oh yeah, and, that's uh, cool. yeah, and like film acting, like that's more. I did a lot of improv before mm-hmm. the pandemic. I was I was on a weekly improv team called uh, Folks About the Town. It oh. was like every Sunday night we did a show. Yeah, but then with that's COVID, cool. uh, I haven't done as much improv since. But uh, I've been doing like a lot of voice acting auditions, and then I did that reenactment uh, in some like independent films and stuff like that. But I, I'm also interested in like the production side of things. That's why I got like this podcast, and uh-huh. I just want to be like in, you know, the industry of like media entertainment. So I, I, that's why like I have a lot of different skills in different areas with that. But oh, I wow. guess like but I guess like acting is acting, even though like you're doing like musical theater, and I'm doing like you know voice acting or like film acting it's it's still like acting mm-hmm.
0: there's still yeah. certain
1: things that kind of align with each other
0: yeah yeah that's true that's very true that's why i said that i that i like at the same time that i feel like that i wasted my time in that act, acting school i didn't because i was able to learn a lot too so yeah yeah but i i want to the, the reason why i also want to go to school here is because i've never had the experience to act in english you know So all of the acting that I did was in Portuguese. Um, So I've never been given, you know, a monologue in English. You know, I've never had the experience to read one and to, you know, to understand the intonation, the pronunciation and, you know, all of that. And to that's why I really want to go to school here, because I will learn so much, you know, and I feel like I would put my even though I have all of this experience, I would put myself in the beginner position because, you know, English isn't my first language and I want to make the best out of it. You know, I want to like, I really want to humble myself and be like, I want to learn the most I can and I will do my very best to do that. But I don't know what the future will have for me. You know, education is still very expensive in this country.
1: (laughs) And then you learned Spanish when you went to... Panama, that was, uh, you wrote about that too, that like Panama was where you first, that was like the first country you traveled outside the United States. Was there a culture shock with that, between that and Brazil? I mean, I know there's a lot with that in the United States. I was going to ask about that next, but first, like, I know like Panama was the first time you went outside of Brazil, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, it was very different, but I feel like that, like we, Latin countries, we have a lot in common, you know, so we have so much to share. Our culture is very you know, we're very, I don't know, I I like to say that we're very hurting, you know, in the same way, you know, like, we've all pretty much went through the same shit together, and um, it was, you know, it was a great, it it was, it was very shocking for me, but I think that the language was the hardest part, you know, because, like, as I said in my article, it is very hard for me to learn Spanish, like, I, 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 I would say that I can speak it, but I'm very insecure, you know, I'm very, like, I'm very I never know if I'm speaking Portuguese. I never know if I'm speaking Spanish because the languages are so similar, you know, they're very, very similar. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's the easy part of it, you know, because if languages are similar, then they're easier to learn. And I'm like, no, that's the total opposite. You know, like if the languages are different, they are a lot easier to learn because when the languages are too, like too similar, you you find yourself in a position where you compare a lot, and you don't know how to produce language well because you never. Oh, we use language. the different words like yeah. yeah, so it's like the same word. Yeah, for different you don't know means. if it's bo-
1: you don't know if it's bonjour or bonjourno or something. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so it's the same word for different meanings, and even like the same word with yeah. a different accent.
1: And well, I think Chinese is, uh, Chinese is Chinese uh, is like the, the tone, right? Like the way you say a certain word. Like if you say it in a different tone the, the meaning changes mm-hmm. i think that i think that from what i've heard about that seems to be like the hardest language to learn is chinese yeah yeah and all those I characters agree. too i I wonder what like the, the keyboards look like if it's like you have an iphone it's like has all i don't
0: know <laughs> oh yeah that's true yeah it must be really hard so yeah so um so yeah so i every spanish speaking country that i travel to i find a similarity you know with brazil so it's it you know it's everything's very different, but I think that the like the hospitality is the same. You know, we're very hospitable people, and you know the the warmth and the you know and all the touching, the hugging, and you know the how loud Latin countries are. We're so loud. We're always you know making. Well, New Jersey is pretty loud
1: too. I mean, New Jersey, yeah, New Jersey, New York, we're pretty loud too. So it's. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> but like when I when I mean by loud, we're very like we're very like when we're talking to you everybody can hear, you know, I feel like okay. that Americans are more polite, you know, like I'm talking to you, I will talk to you, but in Brazil, if I'm talking to you, I'll be like making a scene, you know, like I'll be using. Okay. Me, I'll be <laughs>
1: I'll be very me, like very yeah. expressive, like, yeah. Yeah, we're super okay. expressive people,
0: so that was, that is one thing that makes me feel like home, so that's why I love traveling to Latin countries, you know, because we, we're just very similar, you know, but then I was, I was very shocked when I came to
1: America. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's very different here, you know. It's very, very different here.
1: Yeah. So, so, is there ways you you feel more comfortable here? Is there ways that it's worse? Like, what 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 are what are some of the differences? I guess
0: it's very funny. Okay, I there are a lot of like negative aspects that I feel like that are very annoying, and there are very other very positive aspects about the culture that I love the most. And like one of them is the fact that in America, as a gay man, I can feel more safe like i can feel safe and i can feel um you know like i can i I feel like that i can just be myself you know like i can just put on like high heels put on makeup you know put makeup on my face and just go to a bar here and people are they're not gonna like they're not gonna care and you know they're gonna be like it's him he does you know you do you and i'll do me you know like that's what that's what i feel like the culture is is like you know so i love that about the culture because I can just be myself and nobody will care you know in Brazil is very different because we have a very bad habit to take care of people's business you know and mind people's business um, which is very annoying you know it, it starts in your house you know it starts in people's houses they you know the parents they worry too much about what their children will do and how they look and how they sound and who they're with and you know that kind of teaches them that they have to be that with everybody so um, as I get, like being gay in Brazil is really hard. Unfortunately, Brazil is the number one country in the world that kills LGBTQIA plus, you know, people. So we are the number one country that kills change, transgender and gay people. And, you know, I've, hey,
1: I've never what?
0: had, I've never had like an, like a, an experience where I've been, um. Are
1: you talking about like hate crimes or what what, what are you? Okay.
0: Yeah. 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 Pretty much what I'm talking about. So, yeah. So like I've had friends that they were like holding hands together with their boyfriends on the street and then a random guy just stopped their car and beat them up, you know, like they were like, oh, why are you gay? You know, God is going to hate you. And, you know, and we're very religious people there, unfortunately, you know, Catholic, um, most of the country is Catholic. It's like Catholic and evangelical. So people are too extreme. And I feel like the Brazilians are very extreme. You know, we're very, we can't just be in the middle. It's either too much or nothing, you know? So like, if you're very liberal, you're going to be super liberal about everything. If you're not liberal, you're literally going to like approach a gay person on the street and you're going to punch them in the face. That's what you're going to do. So um, that's one thing that I love so much about America is because yes, there's racism here. Yes. There is, you know, um, homophobia here and yeah. yes there's you can see that you know but yes there's conservative people here but i feel like that here people don't mind other piece, people's business as much as in brazil you know yeah. especially in new york you know like in new york there can be I, I don't know who said that but i think it was a famous actor who said that i read it the other day but he said that um like i read it somewhere but he said that in new york that can be a person dying on the street and nobody will notice that person you know yeah.
1: and that well, is and, like, the, and there's really kind of and there's kind of a there's a good and bad to that, you know, like being t- being too selfish, not looking out for each other, and then, but then, like, you, you kind of need a mix of, you know, individuality and community a bit. But like, the mm-hmm. community shouldn't be that you tell other people what to do. It should be that oh, if somebody's dying on the street, you should care.
0: Yeah, you know?
1: that that's one of my issues with uh, Americans. Um, I mean, I, I like America. Like, I, I mean, this is like really the only country I like grew up here and everything. But like, the the, the kind of selfish. Attitude, a mm-hmm. bit. Like I, I think it varies. I think you know, the culture also varies like throughout different parts of the United States. So, like I yeah. said, like like I think there's some place parts of the U.S. where it's more like you were describing in Brazil too. Like like uh, certain more isolated communities and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: yeah, it's funny. You said you said it all. You said it all. I also, as I said, like as as you said, at the same time that I feel like that that's a very positive thing about the culture. It can also become a negative thing about it because, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. There are a lot of, I feel like that there's a lot of selfishness here too. You know, people, yes, they're not going to mind your business, but they're also not going to care enough about you. You know, they're just going to be like, I'm too busy doing my, my things. You know, I, I don't have time for you, you know. And, um, so yeah, like the focus that a lot of Americans will have on their careers is also very shocking for me, you know, because in Brazil, we're, we're very like, Love and peace, you know. Let's, you know, just go to work, you know, make money and party all weekend long, you know. There's there's a, like a traditional barbecue every Sunday in Brazil, in all the families, you know. So it's like we, I feel like that in Brazil, I was raised to enjoy life more, you know. Here, I don't feel like that they enjoy life as much, you know. They, I think it's a very cons- Um, I don't know how to
1: pronounce that word. Yeah. Like, consumerist uh, consumerist yeah yeah, definitely well people and people are stuck in comparing themselves too they're not just like happy what they have and and there's a very limited view of like what success is like you have to be this at one Mm -hmm. like to me like success it doesn't have to be like you know like oh i have the hugest mansion i got the biggest car this is how i'm better than everybody it's like are you doing something you're happy with you know are you living a life you're happy with and and I do think that's why, like, a lot of Americans are unhappy because they get stuck in that, like, oh, I'm comparing myself rather than just enjoying the moment, you know, need more yeah. of a Zen attitude, kind of just enjoying what you have and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. That's very true. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, it's been, but it's been, an, it's been a great experience, you know, I, I don't regret being here. It's very hard for me right now, the moment, the position where I'm at, because... I feel like that I'm not going to be able to stay here anymore. You know, it's been pretty much like almost five years in America, but I've been coming and going all the time, you know, because I have to, every time that a program ends, I have to leave the country. Otherwise I'll become undocumented. And then I have to reapply for another visa, which is very hard, very annoying. The process is super expensive, super, you know, they, like they, they make it so hard to the point that it's impossible to come. And then, you know, so I've been doing that all the time. And right now I'm in a place where I I feel so, like, I'm so I'm running out of strength, you know? Like, it's it's been five years that I've applied for, like, a thousand different visas. And right now I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore, you know? I don't want to fight for something that I feel like it's not meant for me, you know? So I'm just going to go to another country, you know, like Canada or... I'll go somewhere in Europe, you know, where it's a lot easier to, I'm not saying for me to become a, a permanent resident, but I'm I'm just saying that um, it's easier and more possible for me to at least get a work permit, you know, because I don't know if you know about that here, but in the United States, international students are not allowed to work. Everybody does, you know, like everybody does stuff under the table, but we're not allowed to work, you know, we're not allowed to, you know, get a job because we're stealing people's job or whatever they call it. um so I don't know I'm just like very tired of all of that you know and at the same time that yes I want to pursue my career in in acting and become a musical theater actor I feel like that maybe this is not the perfect place for me because number one education is so expensive and number two being able to just be here you know without being deported it's so hard so I'm just gonna go somewhere else you know so yeah it's funny because this week I've been looking into like musical theater schools in London and in Ireland and Australia, you know, Canada and these other countries where Brazilians and pretty much everybody else are allowed to get a visa to
1: study and work, you know, and just live a normal Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why why people think that would interfere with anything. Like what I I don't get the big the big thing about that here. Too I don't know, I don't yeah, know.
0: I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know. It's funny. It's it's very I don't know, it's very it's very it's very disappointing because I am very emotionally attached to this country. I've had some of the be- best moments best moments of my life here. I grew so much here, professionally, personally. I came out of the closet here, you know, because it was. Oh safety. yeah, I, I was going to
1: ask about that. Like you hit it a lot, like while you were in Brazil, like because you said there was a lot, it, it, there was a lot of stigma against it there. Yeah. Like so that the, here was the first time you you admitted it then.
0: Yeah. The, yeah it oh, wow. was it was the first time here because i grew up at church so growing up in church in brazil it's it's hell you know you know <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the bad words but it's very it is very hard because you know church does a really bad job and a lot of things you know and one of them is to, is in allowing people to understand who they are you know because church wants you to be what they want you to be you know so that's pretty much the reality in Brazil. So I grew up hearing all the time that if I'm gay, I'm going to go to hell. And if I'm gay, God is going to punish me. And if I'm gay, you know, God hates me. And that's what I grew up hearing all the time, you know. And if I come out as gay in Brazil, you know, I, I'm not allowed to walk into a church, you know. So it was very hard for me because my family, everybody is, you know, is from a church. So I was like, I cannot go, you know. Um, get out of the closet come out of the closet here you know it's 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 not a safe place you know I'm I don't know what my parents will how they react and I don't know how my friends will react I don't know anything but you know everybody knows you know we don't become gay gay something that you're born with you know being gay like you know I was born gay so everybody knew you know since I was a kid you know like when I came out of the closet here it's funny because my parents they were like okay we knew it we knew it you know so you know, my mom was like, yeah, you used to play with dolls when you were, you know, yeah. a kid and you, you would beg us to buy you a wig and then you would pretend <laughs> that you're a Beyonce, you know, and I'm like, yes, yeah, so you know,
1: yeah. that I'm, you know that I'm gay. Yeah. So. So, so your parents were more liberal about it than...
0: They were, yeah, my dad was still a little, you know, because that's what they, how they were raised, you know, they were raised in a society that that says that it's not right, you know, it's wrong. But my parents, they were very open, you know, to hearing about my process you know because coming out of the closet closet is not is not an act it's a process and you know it was a really big process for me because the first time that i came to the united states i was working in a summer camp as a summer camp counselor and um when i went there it was a it was a summer camp related and connected to the presbyterian church of philadelphia and my pastors were gay So it was very, like, at the same time, it was very shocking for me. It was so important for me to be able to see God through the eyes that a lot of the churches will will see here, you know, Mm -hmm. which is a loving God and which is, you know, a a God that doesn't care if you're gay or if you're straight, you know. So it was very important for me. So um, I believe that everything that happened in my life allowed me to come out of the closet here while being here. And it was very important for me to do it while being here because I don't think that I would have I would I would have had the strength and the courage to do it back in Brazil. And I really admire the people that do that. I have so many friends that became homeless, and of course later on they they were able to find a home or whatever. But I have so many friends that they were kicked out of their houses because you know their parents were like, "If you're gay, you're not my son anymore," or you know. So it's very it's very hard because we have loving parents on this you know and uh, like on this side but they're like we love you but you know don't 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 disappoint us you know like don't tell us that you're gay you know cuz your job is to find a girl and you know and just um you know have children with that girl and you know marry and buy a house and you know like the what the what society tells you to do you know like go to college hmm. you know find a girlfriend marry that girl you know have a dog, adopt, you know, get children, and
1: yeah, so there's you know, probably, I guess, a, so, and I guess there's a lot of gays there that do that just because it's, you know, that's the tradition to do, even though that's not what they want to do. On, the-
0: mm-hmm. yeah, there's so many people that they're not out of the closet, you know, and when I came out of the closet, I came out very unapologetically and very, I was very clear about that, you know, and I just, you know, was super clear about that. And I am very happy that I was able to inspire so many people. And what is really sad is that there are people in Brazil that are married, you know, people in Brazil that they they have children and they came to talk to me and they said, Gabe, I never had the courage to talk about that. And I, I was never able to do that. You know, like there's so many people in Brazil that they they're not old. I'm not saying that 28 years old is old, but, you know, I don't think that it's OK to come out. I mean, it's OK to come out at any time, take your time. Everybody should take their time. But what I'm trying to say is society does a really bad job in helping us understand who we are that it's so sad to see that somebody at 28 years old, you know, is still insecure about coming out of the closet, you know, in a country so developed like Brazil, you know, and I'm like, what is wrong with us? You know, what did we do wrong? You know? And of course the roots yeah. of it is, you know, religion.
1: Yeah. And I know it's also uh, the president now is like super right wing too, right? What it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, was very
1: homophobic from the first moment
0: until today, you know, he literally said on live television that he'd rather had a murderer in his house and a thief than a a gay son. You know, he said that on live television, he said, if my, if my children, if my sons were gay, I would, you know, kill them or I would find a way for them to die. And, And I'd rather them. I'd rather have drug dealers in my house than, you know, a gay son. And, you know, he would say such horrible things. And, you know, that just encourages people to, um, yeah. that doesn't influence people to think the way that he thinks, but it influences the people that thinks the way that he thinks to speak up as well. You know, so yeah. if, if people. It's like
1: Trump times a thousand, I guess is what he sounds exactly. like. Exactly. Like Trump...
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. you know, he would be speaking up about, you know, he would be with all of these hate speeches on live television. So people, if you know, people watching him would like, okay, if he can say that on live television, I can be like that, you know, in real life you know which got everything worse so more gays are dying in brazil you know more people more trans transgender people are dying it, you know last week for example was a big case you know a doctor just left um a transgender woman unattended and she died you know she mm-hmm. and he literally said that like the the reason why he left her is because she's not a her you know it's oh, wow. me or whatever so it was it's so sad you know the reality there is really sad so i'm really like, I I definitely wanna go back, visit my parents and be with my family and, you know, explore Brazil here and there, whatever. But I do not see myself living there anymore because even in the liberal cities, even in the big cities, it's still very hard. You know, I cannot find myself like here, I would go out on dates. I would be holding hands with my friend, with, you know, my boyfriends or whatever, and people wouldn't care, you know. But in Brazil, if I do that, if I hold hands with a guy, i have a really big chance to be punched in the face you know really? so and it's and, and and i'm not exaggerating it's that like it's it's that uh violent you know people will literally punch you in the face and they will be like oh but god doesn't approve that and i'm like okay but what does what does god approve violence you know yeah
1: yeah I guess. is this is there like a strong liberal like civil rights movement there or anything or that's just trying to be heard or
0: yes um we're we're trying our best you know um it is it's just very hard you know right now in in, the, in this government because he does you know it's i don't know it's he he just does the best to you know distract people from focusing on solving problems you know so he i don't know he's it's just very hard but yeah there is a lot of you know movements in brazil and you know and protests and i'm very proud to say that we have the largest LGBT pride parade um, in the world, you know, so the the largest pride parade happens in Brazil, you know, like over 2 million people attended, you know, it's crazy. So, like, every time that we have a pride parade, we, you know, it's a moment of speaking up, you know, it's a moment of um, going out on the streets dressed with all the rainbow colors, you know, and, and show to the world that, you know, and that it's okay to be gay. But I feel like that, Like, what happened here to the gay community in the 70s, I think? Yeah. Um, You know, with all of the Stonewall, whatever, uh, everything that happened here has not happened in Brazil. So I feel like that we need. Yeah. We need something to, you know, like, to... I'm not saying that we need a war. (laughs) (laughs) But we need something, you know, to... I don't know. I don't know what, what we need. It's very hard for me to decide, but I don't know. It's very. I'm. I'm also very. It's funny because because I came out of the closet so late, I feel like that there's so much for me to learn. You know, there's so much for me to learn about the LGBT history, about um, LGBT history in the world, but also, and most importantly, in my country. You know, so I I've been learning so much. You know, every time that I talk to my gay friends, I learn something new. You know, and I feel like that I'm very privileged because I don't know the reality. You know, I, being really honest, I don't know what it's like to walk on the streets in Brazil holding hands with a guy, you know. I, I know what it's like to be feminine and to be spontaneous or whatever. You know, I've had moments that people were super homophobic to me. I've had moments where I couldn't get a certain job because, you know, they thought that I was too gay or whatever. Yeah, that happened to me. But I've never had a moment where, I had I was with a guy, and you know, and then you know people were homophobic to me, but that's a reality there too. So I'm re- I'm really scared, you know. I don't I don't really want to go back.
1: Although yeah, I, w- not, I wonder. If, I wonder if there's something about. Uh, do you think there's something about the American culture maybe that made it easier to have, like, despite all the racism and everything, to have like a civil rights movement and, um, you know, like a gay rights movement here as as opposed to Brazil.
0: I think so. I think so, but I think that because of history, things here happened way before in the past. Brazil is a very young country, you know, which is one thing that I love that I love to talk about. You know, like there are a lot of things that, like Brazil is, is as young as Harvard University, you know. So, like, you know, we're we're still we're still taking baby steps, you know, towards progress. You know, we're still, um, you know, we're still learning. You know, I th- I know that no country is perfect, but there are things that happen here in the United States. Forty years ago, that hasn't happened in Brazil yet. You know, we were the last country in the whole world to abolish slavery. You know, mm. so it's we're still we're still learning how to be a country. You know, so yes, I agree with you. But it's I think it's a matter of like we we need to get people used to all this. You know, we're, we're like we're bringing this more to the table. You know, I think I feel like that we've been talking more about it. You know, I remember that when I was a kid, we didn't talk about gays, you know, and we didn't talk about HIV. We didn't talk about all of these things because, you know, we couldn't talk about it. But now you turn on TV and then you see a gay kiss on TV, which is great, you know. So I feel like that the society is learning to, you know, to understand that, not to accept, but to at least understand that we exist, you know. So I feel like that there are a lot of the movements that happen here. They happened a long time ago, and that's why America is... Way more um advanced and way more um how can i say that yeah i would say advanced like way more advanced than brazil in a lot of ways because we're a very young country and we're still you know making these movements happen you know
1: but yeah yeah, yeah and i and I like what you said earlier about like a non-punitive god because I, I feel like i i don't like that idea of like a a punitive God. i mean i'm not religious i do believe in a, a higher power and um like a like a god of some sort, not like a humanoid uh, god, but I, but I I I never liked the idea of a punitive god that's just like because someone's this way they're gonna burn in hell for each other. Like to right. me, that's not a higher being. That's like a that's like a human would do exactly that. torture someone because they don't like their ideas. And I remember there was actually because uh, like growing up, like we went to different, we kind of experimented with different things. I went to synagogue, I went to church, and my my sister like kind of did the same thing. And uh, the Presbyterian church, she asked them as a little girl, like, are my grandparents going to go to hell because they were Jews? And they said, yeah, they're, they're going to go to hell. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then another woman once asked uh, my mother, like, oh, where, where do Jews go when they die? Like, because I know they don't go to heaven and stuff. So like similar things like that. And I was Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, Yeah.
0: yeah, it's, it is so sad. You know, it is really, really sad. And it's funny because because I'm a translator and I'm an interpreter, I studied a lot about the Bible translation. And one of the things that, you know, a lot of people don't believe, but it's still, you know, it's a, it's still a big, you know, um, debate. But it's how when, it, when the Bible was translated into English, there were a lot of English words added to all the scripture, you know, and one of them was homosexuality, you know, so... Um, for example, in Leviticus, people say, Oh, you shouldn't lay with a man. But, you know, the real translation said that you should lay with a boy, you know. So it's literally talking about, you know, pedophilia, you know. So, um, you know, so I feel like that, I don't know, like it's very, yeah. it is very, it is very yeah. dangerous for me to accuse people or whatever. But what I'm trying to say is, I do believe that when the Bible was translated, yeah. There were a lot of things that were added because of racism, because of, you know, of homophobia, because of so many things that the church wanted to impose on people, you know? And so God just became what the church yeah. wanted them to be, you know? So. Yeah, it's
1: a way to yeah. manipulate people. And exactly. Control. So.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because like the reason why I'm saying this is like, I will say this without, like without hesitating in Brazil, the, but the Bible in Portuguese is terrible. It is terrible. If you get a Bible in English and if you get a Bible in Portuguese, there are words in the Portuguese Bible that don't exist in English. Like the When I say words, I'm talking about the words that change the meaning of that specific verse, you know, in the scripture, that chapter, whatever. So it is terrible how, you know, in the past, all those translators that translated from English into Portuguese they were so evil they were like we're gonna add these words we're gonna add this stuff that does not exist and people won't know that because nobody speaks english here you know and and i feel like that probably the same happened in the united states nobody speaks greek nobody speaks whatever you know um language the the original bible was you know like uh we're just gonna add these words and we're gonna make people manipulate people and make them think that oh okay homosexuality is a sin, whatever you know so i don't know it's it's very it's it's very I'm so grateful for the church. I was able to to develop so many skills. I I got so many opportunities to, you know, to to do so many awesome things. And I'm so grateful for the church. But there's so many things that the church does so bad, you know, that I feel like that they have to learn how to, you know, like we need, I don't know, we need more leaders that are brave, you know. For example, I love to study about Martin Luther King because look at what he did, you know look at look at
1: how he used the church to bring you know yeah. revolution to this country yeah. you know also the abolitionist movement too like uh john brown and uh harriet tubman were two mm-hmm. uh, two of the uh, like main founders of uh the abolitionist movement and they, they they both believed that god destined them to like free the slaves and and sla- abolish slavery yeah those are exactly. two of my heroes john brown and harriet tubman
0: i yeah. love i love them yeah, yeah. i yeah. love harriet harriet tubman yeah, yeah so it's you know, it's like, it, today it's all about power, you know, people don't, they don't, they don't want to help people, they just want to be in the power, you know, so, and I'm like, no, like, what, what, like, what, you know, it doesn't make sense to be powerful and not use that power to help people, you know, and I feel like that today we need more leaders that are more concerned about, you know, like, social problems, you know, yeah, and economic problems, and, you know, not only spiritual or religious problems, you know, like it, like it is like the church wants to do in Brazil, you know, they live in this spiritual world and they just, you know, they, yeah. don't, they don't understand about the real that, problems, you know, they'll yeah. be like, um, God will help you, whatever. But there's a homeless person running from the church, yeah. you know, and they'll be like, Oh, I don't see this person, you know, um, that person is living on the street because they want to, you know, and I'm like, yeah. no,
1: I I honestly see a little bit of that in the the new age movement too, because the new age movement is kind of like, Oh, I'm attracting all this wealth because I'm positive thinking, Oh, that, that person starving over there. They're not thinking positively enough. That's why terrible things are happening to them. Like that's kind of my view of like my issue with like a lot of the new age movement. I mean, I kind of do in some ways agree with the, the like, Oh, you kind of attract what you want to attract through like your thought, your energy and like your free, but I, I don't, Believe that like people go through shitty things because they brought that on themselves or something like that, though mm-hmm. but, yeah,
0: and we're so like when it comes to people that are going through hard stuff, a lot of times we're just victims. you know, we're just victims of the system. We're just victims of literally of the system, you know, the system is built to make the rich richer and the poor more poor, you know,
1: yeah, so when well, that goes back to like finding the balance between like being too individualistic and community too Mm -hmm. like that's what i think like uh, the issue with like a lot of the united states is just like too much more 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 for me like yeah that's why there shouldn't be like i think people should be able to get rich to a point but like there shouldn't be this like drastic like wealth disparity of like multi-billionaires and like people living in poverty like there's just so something wrong with our values yeah i
0: want to write i actually want to write about that there is an article that i've been working on um which is a letter i'm gonna write an open letter and the name of it is gonna be uh dear rich people you know (laughs) and i just want to talk about how much money they spent on crap when they should be helping people like me you know a guy that's gonna have to go back to a violent country because i can't find a way to stay here you know and i'm like there's so and i'm just like i'm not one i'm like one in a million people that try to come to this country coming from you know dangerous country and trying to make just a living i'm not i'm not trying to make it to hollywood i'm just trying to be you know free and you know and make my dream come true but no it's not going to be possible for me because i don't have enough money to even go to community college which is Mm -hmm. the cheapest way to go to college here in this country but while it's me not having money to go to community college there's a bunch of white kids in south orange and maplewood you know, that are, you know, spending money on crap, you know, that stuff that they don't need. And I'm like, can't you help people? And I'm like, I don't know, just a system of how they buy and buy and buy and buy and buy and buy and buy without needing
1: it. Uh, So any final thoughts or anything you'd like to Um, say?
0: I want to thank you for this opportunity. And um, I'm very grateful that our paths crossed. Um, You are a great guy and I'm very thankful for this opportunity. Um, Thank you so much for everybody that listened to it. Thank you. And I'm sorry for, you know, my mistakes in English, whatever, if I made any, but, um, thank you. And if you like to read about travel experiences, I would recommend for you to go on my blog, please, and, um, read my stories. You know, I like, I, I hope I inspire you somehow to make your dreams come true, even though it's hard. All
1: right. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, th- this was a good chat. Thanks for, I'm glad we got into all the philosophical. That's what I love. Those are my favorite episodes of this when it gets into like the philosophical and like the other topics as well too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but and where can people? I think you told people where they can find you and stuff, right?
0: Um, I don't think so, but you can go um go. I think it's easier if you go on my Instagram and just follow me on Gabe underscore has underscore Arrived, um, or Gabriel Morris if you find me Gabriel Morris. Or if you go GabrielMorrisMedium.com, dot com because that's where I post all of my content. So yeah. That's it. All right. Thank well, you.
1: you to, yeah, and thank you. And uh if you want to keep updated with future episodes of BSing with Sean K, uh subscribe to BSing with Sean K on Spotify, iTunes, or uh wherever you get your podcasts. Also this video is on YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. And yeah, that's about it. I'll catch you on the next one.